everlasting Father God in heaven, what a delight it is to come before your presence. As children, we are excited to be around you. For the Bible said that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Sweet Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here, for without you, nothing makes meaning. Therefore, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, you would open up our understanding. That as we go into your word, O oh God, let light burst forth, and let there be instruction that will lead us to our next level, and the glory will return to you, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, I've prayed. Even as I speak, O oh God, in heaven, I empty myself of self, that Lord, O oh God, in heaven, that Lord, let none of me be visible, but let all of you be on the, appear, be on the display, and that Lord, O oh God, in heaven, you will fill me with the right words to speak, O oh God, that your people may be edified. And your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I was going to say, um, I want to welcome our new guests. But the reality of it is, with the mask, I don't even know who is new and who is old. Praise God. But again, you're all welcome to church this wonderful Sunday morning. Amen. Praise God. For those of us who are writing, which I encourage us to all do, um, the title of my sermon this morning is Manifesting God's Promises Through Testimonies. Hallelujah. Manifesting God's Promises Through Testimonies. Um, here in the place of victory, we love to theme our months. And by the grace of God and the spirit of the Holy Spirit, the month of December 2020, we have themed the month as our month of rejoicing and thanksgiving. Praise God. And the reality of it is if we're to reflect and ask ourselves, why should I even give thanks? The question rather should be, why should I not give thanks? Because the reality of it is that if not for God who was on our side, the guarantee is that would have been consumed. The enemy keeps blowing hot at us. But the Bible said that even when we pass through the fire, we shall not be burnt. When we pass through the waters, we will not drown. Not because of anything that we did, but because God is in our midst. Hallelujah. And so it's only worthy that we give thanks to whom thanks is due. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay? And so this morning, quickly, our anchor text is taken from the book of 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And we're reading from verses 1 to 4. Hallelujah. Again, I will over... I'm going to take my time um, in preaching this. And when I mean I'm taking my time, I'm not, I don't mean that I'm going to spend long. Rather, I'm going to take my time in ensuring that we understand the principle of testimonies. And so if I have to continue the part two next week, that's okay. Praise God. But God laid it strongly in my heart that I should take my time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay? And so um, I will read. And it says, that which was from the beginning, mind you, this was Apostle John that was speaking. And John was uh, one of the three beloved disciples of Jesus Christ. And so if there was anybody who was privileged to the innermost details or how things work in the kingdom of God, John was among those people. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so here it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, mind you, I want you to note the key words. I've tried to embolden the things that I wanted to highlight here. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And what is that word of life? It says that the life was manifested and we have seen 
and what? Bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us, speaking of Jesus. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we, we write to you, that your what? Your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Now, second anchor scripture is just one verse. Acts chapter 4 verse 20. For those of us who read our Bibles, we are very acquainted with this scripture. The Bible said that Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin because they had previously in the verse 3 had healed a man who was lame. Praise God. And they brought them to the Sanhedrin and they asked them not to speak of Jesus any longer. Hallelujah. And what did Peter and John say? The Bible says that in the Acts chapter 4 verse 20, they said, For we cannot but what? Speak the things which we have seen and have heard. Hallelujah. You know, it's easy for us to forget what we hear. But it's near impossible for us to forget what we have seen. Praise God. I'll say it again. It is easy for us to forget that which we have heard. But it's near impossible for us to what? Forget that which we have seen. And so, Apostle John was saying that for we cannot, I can't help it, even if I tried, I can't. The things which we have seen and what? which we have also heard. In other words, there was an encounter they had with Jesus that made sure that at every point in time of their lives, they were willing to declare the works of God. Hallelujah. Remember, the title of my sermon this morning is Manifesting God's Promises Through what? Testimonies. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says in the book of John, in the book of John chapter 9, I believe, the book of John chapter 9. Sorry, Matthew chapter 16. Sorry, Matthew 16 from verses 19. The Bible said that, and Jesus was having a fellowship with his disciples, and he asked them a very key question. And he says, who do you say that I am? Praise God. Who do you say that I am? In other words, you have spent almost three years with me and the time of my departure at hand, you know, is almost like a guy and a lady who are in a relationship. If the guy had not at any point in time made his intentions known, it's almost, impos it's, it's, it's almost not, it's impossible for the lady not to ask, what are we? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Because there is always a need to validate where you stand in that person's life. Praise God. And Jesus began to ask the disciples, who do you say that I am? Why? Because some people were saying that you are Elijah. Some were saying that you are John the Baptist. But Jesus said, anybody is allowed to say what they think, but you are the most important people to me. Who do you say that I am? And the Bible said that, and Peter, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah. And it says what? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And by so doing, the Bible says that what? In the verse, 
19, it says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. And whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words here, Jesus was trying to establish the fact that every desire that we desire or anything that we desire in the kingdom of God, there is a key responsible for it. Praise the Lord. You know, Pastor Sam Adeyemi would often say that success is powered by principles. Praise God. In other words, if you understand the principles, whether you're in Jamaica or whether you're in Kazakhstan, so long as you apply those principles, you would get the same results. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus was saying, he says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of God that whatsoever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. And so therefore, what are those kingdom keys? Because the reality of it is that enough of us trying to, um, you know, enough of us trying to do trial and error to see what works and does not work. There is a key behind everything. Perhaps you are seeking God for healing. There is a key behind healing. For instance, you're seeking God for an increase in your finances. There is a principle behind an increase. Perhaps you're seeking God for a deeper walk with him. The Bible recommends that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. And so there are principles that power everything you and I would desire. And Jesus said, to you, which is the church, I will give what? The kingdom. The keys to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And the reality of it is when we're talking about keys, testimony is one of those keys. Praise God. For us to see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives, testimonies are key. Hallelujah. I'll give an example. Every single time, because our resources are limited, Every single time, for those of us who shop on Amazon, one of the things that influences whether you buy something or not is that you go and you read the reviews. Yes or no? Praise God. Why do you read the reviews? Because you want a proof that what the product says it does, it does. In other words, the person who used the product would then say that I used this and this was my experience. And for those who said it did not work, is a pre-warning to you that don't even commit your money to this because you will get the same experience. Remember, I'm talking about manifesting the promises of God what, through testimonies. And I said that one of the keys that God has given for us to see his promises come to pass is what? Through testimonies. Hallelujah. And here, I defined testimony as testimonies are personal accounts of the manifestation of the power of God which validate or give credence to the integrity of God regarding his promises. Praise the Lord. I'll say it again. Testimonies are personal. It's not corporate. Everybody has an experience for all the ladies that are here, I see that your hair is made. And the where you made your hair was based on a testimony. 
Because someone told you, I went to this lady or that, or that um, salon, and they seem to be pretty good. And so for that reason, I'm willing to commit my energy and my resources to see that I get the same result. Praise God. And so testimonies, number one, is that they are personal. It's not corporate. Everybody, the Bible says what? Taste and see that what? The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Testimonies are personal accounts of the manifestation of the power of God which validate or give credence to the integrity of God regarding his promises. And in the course of my study, the word testimony in Latin means testis, and it means to testify or to give witness. That is key. I want you to hold that strong in your heart. That what? To testify means to give witness. In a law court, what convinces the jury of the person who was accused? Praise God. Is the account of the witnesses. Because when they bring a jury, a jury is almost like a plain slate. They, they, they don't know whether you did it or you did not. But what will sway their opinion as to whether you are guilty or not is on account of the witnesses that they bring to the stand. Praise God. And when they begin to give witness, they begin to prove whether that which you are accused of is true or not. Now we are putting God on the stand. Praise God. We are putting God on the stand. Remember I said that testimonies are what? Personal account of what? The manifestation of the power of God. The Bible says that when God appeared before Moses, Moses did not know this God before. And God told Moses and said, I am the Lord your God. I was the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and of what? Jacob. But he said, go and tell my people, I am coming to them as Lord, as owner. In other words, the way I'm going to display myself would prove that I am responsible for your welfare. And that is why all throughout the 40 years in the wilderness, the Bible recommends that what none of their feet were swollen nor did anybody get sick. Why? God was involved in the equation. Am I making sense? Praise the Lord. And so we are putting God on the stand here. Remember I said that we are looking at manifesting the promises of God through what? Testimonies. And now we begin to look at what does a testimony look like? Because we are saying here that God is being put on the stand. Somebody has experienced the power of God and is saying that, come and try my God and see if he would not do what he promised. And now you have come to see whether this God is able to do what he said. Now let's start from the book of John chapter 9. The Bible said that, and Jesus was with his disciples. And the disciples asked him and said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that, was, that he was born blind? You know, oftentimes we attribute the challenges people face on account of sin. Praise God. We are so quick to judge. Perhaps somebody comes to share a secret that they're going, of a challenge that they're going, to, or they're going through. Naturally, the human mind begins to assess where have they offended God. Job experienced the same thing. 
because his friends accused him of being unfaithful to God. But Jesus made a statement. Remember, I will keep repeating as often as I can. We are putting God on the stand now. Praise God. You guys are the jury. Whether you are at home, you are the jury. And by the grace of God, I'm now the lawyer. Praise God. We are putting God on the stand. And now Jesus made a statement and said, Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that what? The works of God should be revealed in him. In other words, I'm going to use this man as an example to prove that I'm able to heal and to deliver. And so for anybody who is battling with sickness, this is going to prove to you whether God is willing to heal or not to heal. Praise the Lord. God is understand and you are the jury to decide is this God really true or not. We are looking at manifesting the promises of God. And so in this case, Christ has made a promise. And what is that promise? I am going to use this man, this blind man, to prove whether God is able to heal or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that if you read along those lines, the man, the Bible said that, and Jesus spat on the ground, mixed his feet with clay, rubbed on his eyes, told him, go to the, to the sea called Siloam and wash. And the man came back seeing Praise God. Now, time will not permit us to look at the entire chapter, but along the lines from verse 1 to 41, the Bible said that, and the people began to ask him questions and say, was this not the man who was blind? Come and show me the man who healed you. And he said, that is the man who healed me. And they said, but the man is demon-possessed. He said, whether he is demon-possessed or not, I don't care. What matters is, I was blind. He touched me, and now what? I can see. Praise the Lord. I was blind. He touched me, and now I'm made whole. You know, someone said something, and I'll read it here. Andrew Womack said, Some people may argue with you about doctrine or the interpretation of Scripture, but unless they believe you are a liar, they can't argue with your testimony. Praise God. I'll say it again. It says, some people may argue with you about doctrine or interpretation of scripture, but unless they believe you are a liar, they cannot argue with your testimony. It's like a woman who was called barren. In nine months, we will see the truth. Praise God. Except they doubt your integrity, they cannot doubt your testimony. Because just like the blind man, the man was blind. Everybody knew he was blind. Because even when they were not sure, the Bible said that they called his parents. And were asking the parents, is this your son? And they said, yes. Was he blind? They said, yes. But guess what? He's an adult. He's able to speak for himself. And they asked the man, were you blind? I said, yes, I was blind. But guess what? The prophet touched me. And now I have my sight. Praise God. And now we begin to look at what is the nature of testimonies. Because the intention of this teaching is that by the time we are done, right? Everything you seek for, God has done it for somebody else. Praise God. 
You know, the Bible said that there is nothing new under the surface of the sun. Praise God. It's only a remix. Everything you need, God has done it for somebody. Hallelujah. Every single thing you need, God has done it for somebody. All you need to do is to find who. Praise God. That's why I said that when you go online to buy something, what gives you confidence to commit X amount of money is because somebody said, I tried this product and of a truth, I have no regrets. And I'm here to tell you, try Jesus. Praise God. I'm here to tell you, try my God because I have tasted this God. I have tasted this God and I can prove my life is enough to prove that he says what he means and he means what he says. Praise the Lord. We're looking at the nature of testimonies. Number one, testimonies prove the nature of God and the integrity of God. The Bible said that for God could not deny himself, he swore by himself. Praise God. He swore to Abraham because he could not swear by no other greater. He swore by himself saying, in blessing, I will bless you. Praise God. And that is why Abraham was so confident that he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb, neither his age, but he was giving glory to God, knowing fully well that he who has promised is surely faithful. Hallelujah. Manifesting the promises of God what true testimonies. The Bible says in the book of Malachi 3 verse 6, it says, I am the Lord and I change not. Hallelujah. This God is the same yesterday. He is the same today and he will be the same tomorrow. And so if he did it, you know, if he did it before, he will do it what? Again. The Bible says in Psalm 126, it says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, that means he did it before. So for anybody who was in captive, they had a reference point. The essence of testimonies is to point back and say, God, if you did it for him, you are obliged to do it for me. You know, the Bible says here, <coughs> excuse me, in Mark 13 verse 37, Jesus spoke and he said, what I say to you, I say to all. What I say to you, I say to all. Journey with me to Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Although Paul was talking about salvation in this context, but salvation is one of those things God has promised us. And so even beyond salvation, this principle applies to all aspects of life. Look at what the Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For what? With the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It says for the scripture said who, what, so ever, who, so ever, male, female, boy, 
girl, man, woman, Gentile, Jew, Greek, anybody. It says, for whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And this part excites me the most. Verse 12. It says for what? There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our God is not racist. Our God is not a feminist. Our God is not a chauvinist. It says, for whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. And so therefore, settle it in your heart. That once you call upon God, he's obliged to answer. That's number one. The nature of testimonies is that what? They prove the integrity of God. In other words, you cannot call on God and God will say, because you're a woman, I don't answer women. You cannot, ask, you cannot call on God and say, because you're African, I only answer to those from the West. That's not God. Because the Bible said that what? His word cannot be broken. It says, I am the Lord and what? I change not. Praise the Lord. You can take the integrity of God to the bank and you will cash it because he says what he means and he means what he says. Praise God. Number two, testimonies are prophetic. Hallelujah. Testimonies are prophetic and I will explain what I mean. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 9 verse 10, Revelation 19, sorry, verse 10. The Bible says here that Apostle John was in a vision and he saw an angel and the angel brought him a testimony of what Jesus had accomplished for anyone that believes. And by reason of that testimony, the Bible said that an Apostle John bowed to worship the angel. And look at what the angel said. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. The witness of Jesus. He says what? Rather, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. In other words, they prove what God is willing and is able to do in the life of anyone that believes. Oftentimes, we hear it said that when God is blessing your neighbor, hallelujah, it's obvious he's in your neighborhood. Praise God. Look at a very interesting story. The Bible says that what Rachel had been crying unto God for a child. And all of a sudden, her co-wife conceived. Praise God. Leah conceived. Not long after, she bore her own child. Praise God. In other words, it takes those who are sensitive. That when you see somebody that is being blessed, it's foolishness to despise anybody God has blessed. Praise God. Because you are not wise. The Bible says that what? It is foolishness to compare themselves with themselves. For those that do such are not wise. Hallelujah. 
Therefore, when you see somebody celebrating God for what God has done, hallelujah. You know, oftentimes we hear testimonies said, and somebody will say, praise God. I want to thank God for my job, that I did this and did this and did this, and I received my testimony. And somebody else will come and say, I heard the testimony of that sister, and I keyed into it. Praise God. The Bible said that what? Of the sons of Issachar, they understood the time. When God is blessing somebody, it is foolishness to despise them because you have just robbed yourself of that same testimony. A man of God will say that what? Any testimony you despise, you are not qualified to receive. Praise God. Any testimony you despise, you are not qualified to receive. And that is the time when, God, when the enemy will come and tell you in your heart, she's only lying. I know what she did to get what she got. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Because if you are sensitive, anytime someone shares a testimony with you, check your life. You are in need of that same thing. Praise God. And God is only pointing to you that if you are willing to believe, I will do the same for you. Praise God. The testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. The next one says that what? Testimonies can be replicated once the principles are understood. In other words, we have said number one, that the integrity of God, the God is not a racist. If he can do this for Mr. A, he can do this for Mr. B. Praise God. So long as Mr. B understood the principles was practiced by Mr. A, he would get the same result. Hallelujah. He would what? Get the same result. Hallelujah. You know, somebody, I heard Pastor Chris Oyakilome say this one time, and he said that spirituality is practicable. Praise God. Spirituality is practicable. In other words, it is not God's intention that you and I be doing trial and error. How then can we testify? Because we don't know what worked and what did not work. Praise God. But the Bible says in John 3 verse 3 that Jesus himself, knowing what, what to do. Praise God. And so when it comes to spiritual principles, there are certain things that God knows that we must, so long as you practice them, you are obliged to obtain the same result. Hallelujah. And I'll give you proof. I'll give you proof. Look at the Bible. I will not share everything here. Like I said, I only have 30 minutes and I'm already 31 minutes and 40 seconds. Praise God. I'll start with Elijah. Testimonies are a pointer to what God can do. Okay? Now, let's look at the life of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Okay? The Bible says here that, and God told Elijah, can you see this? Okay, if you, ha if, if, if you have your, your Bibles, please open with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 22. I think we'll just look at the story of Elijah and Elisha and we'll carry on next week. Praise God. 1 Kings chapter 17, from verses 17 to 22. I'll read it quickly. And it says, Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. This was when God sent 
Elijah to Zarephath that a, a widow would cater for him and all his needs. And he said, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So he said to Elijah, so she said, she said to Elijah, what do I have to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to, to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, carried him to the upper room, watched the steps he took, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord my God, you have also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son. And he stretched out himself on the child three times. And cried out to the Lord and said, O oh Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See. Your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, What? Now, by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. And the word of the Lord in your mouth is what? Truth. Hallelujah. Power of testimony. Now we carry on. Elijah goes and finds an apprentice in the person of Elijah, Elisha, and began to teach Elisha all that he knew. Let's go to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, 32 to 37. The Bible says here that when Elisha came into the house, this, this is now Elisha and the woman and the Shunammite woman. It says, when Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, did what again? Shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and did what? Lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and stretched himself out on the child. And the child and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself on him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. And she went in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground and she picked up her son and went out. Hallelujah. Time will not permit me. But if you go to the New Testament, the Bible said that there was a man whose daughter was sick. And Jesus was invited to heal the daughter. What did Jesus do? The exact same thing Elijah did, Elisha did, and Jesus did. If you fast forward, after Jesus left, the Bible said that what? A lady called Dorcas had died. When they called Peter to heal, what did Peter do? He did exact same thing. In other words, testimonies can be replicated. Praise the Lord. If only you are able to understand 
the principles that were practiced, you will get the same result. Why? Because God is not partial. God is not what? Partial. What he will do for one, he's capable to do for all. And so even as I conclude this morning, my encouragement to any one of you that is willing to listen, what is it that you seek God for? What is it that you want God to do? Go and look for testimonies. Go and look for testimonies. Begin to listen intently to understand what did they do. Because if God can do it for one, you know, let's just look at one more. Sorry. Let's look at one more. Jesus and the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said that, and suddenly the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Fast forward to the verse chapter 14. Matthew 14, verse 34 and 36. When they had crossed over to the land, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of the place recognized that they sent all into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and they begged him to do what? That they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many who touched it were made perfectly well. How did they know what to do? If not for the woman who shared her testimony. Praise God. And that is why when people are sharing testimonies, don't tune off. Praise God. Don't tune off. Because you are there to listen, to understand. What did they do? What did they do? Because if it God did it for A, why, why do you think women who are barren or who are called barren read the story of Hannah and they have the boldness to stand before God and say, oh God, if you did it for Hannah, you must do it for me. If you did it for Sarah, you must do it for me. And the Bible records that nobody was barren all through scriptures except for Hagar. Sorry, Michal. Sorry, Michal was a name who despised David for David's way of celebrating God. I pray this has blessed you, but I will take my time because at the end of this, you begin to understand why both you as the testifier and you who is seeking for God to do something must testify. Because oftentimes as Christians, God does something and we think, I will keep it to myself. No. If truly you belong to the body of Christ, you are obliged to share your testimony. Because you are denying somebody. God did not do it for you for you alone. No. God did it for you so that somebody will hear your story. And would indeed do same. And both of you would glorify God. Because if there's anything God cannot do for himself is to thank himself. All through scripture, God never said, I glorify myself. No. Praise God. And that's why Paul, John was saying that all these things we write to you, that your what? Your joy may be full. Let's just bow our heads even as we pray. Everlasting Father God in heaven, we thank you for your word of instruction that has come our way this morning. Gracious Lord of God in heaven, we thank you for you found us worthy. For every time your word comes, there's an instruction of what to do. And therefore, Lord, I pray 
that Lord of God in heaven, you would preserve your word in the hearts of the hearers. And that Lord of God in heaven, the enemy will not choke this word, O God. But this word will bear fruit in their lives. And perhaps you are yet to give your life to Jesus. Because the truth is this. The Bible says that only God, that God would only hear those who believe in him. And they can only believe through having faith in him. And to have faith in him is to acknowledge him as your Lord and your Savior. And so perhaps you, have, you may have backslidden. Or perhaps you don't even know Christ as your Lord and your Savior. This is that privilege. Why don't you say with me, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. Cause me to walk in the reality of the new creation. Even as I live my life to please you. And I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' mighty name I have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.